Hello, and welcome to Letters from the Lunchroom, a podcast by Communities and Schools of Mid-America. I'm your host, Victoria Partridge. Communities and Schools is a nationwide nonprofit which connects students and their families to local resources in order to remove barriers so that they will have greater success in school and in life. During this podcast, we talk to people who have a relationship with our organization. From students to staff members and alumni to volunteers, we know that people who connect with nonprofits have a story that led them there, and we want to know that story. In this episode, we sit down with Susie Ledbetter, Student Support Coordinator at Westside Elementary School in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Please join us as she shares her story. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the lunchroom. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Victoria. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, If you would, please take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. My name is Susie Ledbetter, and I am the Student Support Coordinator at Westside Elementary School in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and this is my fourth year here. Awesome. I was going to ask you how long you had been there. So that's, that's actually a really interesting time span that you've been there because... So this is 2023, so you started in 2019, is that correct? Yes. Now, my fourth year in this position, I've actually worked in this school since 2011. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, okay. Um, let's dig into that then. So what were you doing at the school before you you know, came over to Communities and Schools of Mid-America? I was a um, special ed para. Oh, okay. So, And I've worked in every level, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. I've worked in every classroom level. Um, from 2011 until I took this position. Okay. So what made you uh, decide to make the change? Like, why did you change from being a special ed para to coming over and being a student support coordinator? I loved the work in the classrooms, but special ed paras um, are very underpaid for what Mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. And I have lots of college hours and degrees and just, um, I needed something more. I mean, even though I loved working with students, um, you know, there's only so much you can do in mm-hmm. the classroom when you're, when you're the para. Mm-hmm. Um, and the school nurse came to me one day and said, Hey, communities and schools is hiring. And I said, communities and schools. And she goes, that lady that always comes in the classroom to get kids for groups or to bring school supplies. And I was like, Oh, and I really didn't know, you know, anything about the job description. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew she came into my room for certain things. Um, so I went and talked to the principal and she said, well, interviews are closed. They closed actually today. And she said, but you know what? I think you would actually be great for that position. So can you, can you like get a resume together? Cause we have to follow these steps. And, um, so she helped me get a resume together and, uh, printed it off, gave it to her. And then I interviewed the next day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it happened super quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. A week later, I got a call and they offered me the position. And then two weeks after that, I was in Lauren's training. Oh, my goodness. That is so fast. Like, to me, that is a sign that it was like it was meant to be with everything just sort of aligning just right up for you, which is great. And I know, you know, I have heard nothing but excellent things about the work that you've done in that school. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I also know that you're really passionate about the work that you do. So I was very excited whenever you said yes to being a guest on the podcast. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, good. Um, so, gosh, you have such a long history with the school. You were with them since 2011. That's correct? Yes. So you had already known about communities and schools because you would have then seen the program start up in that school. Yeah, started here in, in 2017. And do you remember what your first impression was of communities and schools when you first heard about it? There was a lot of questions because, you know, I, I was either in the resource room working with students mm -hmm. or in any given classroom working with students. And so um, she had a different area than what I have now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I didn't actually hear about communities and schools until the second year was here. I knew there was somebody in front in a little office that did all these things. Mm -hmm. And she was just developing the program and trying to, you know, be seen and heard and, you know, grow the program. Um, but the teachers would always say, we got a new student and they came with absolutely nothing. So mm -hmm. go down to the communities and schools office and tell Deanna that we need school supplies or mm -hmm. so-and-so had an accident today. Can you go down to communities and schools and see if we can get a new outfit? So I knew that it was somebody that was doing great things for the school because they had all these resources available. And anytime my teacher said we needed something, it was go down to communities and schools office and ask Deanna if we could, you know, get this. Aww. So um, that's how it was introduced, you mm -hmm. know, to me is just, I, I knew there was resources in the school, but you know, for, for the first two years, you know, that I was sent to her office a number of times to just, you know, get something I could put in support, you know, in place for a student. That's so great. I love that it was established with such an awesome reputation. Uh, you know, that just makes me really happy because I know sometimes whenever people first learn about communities and schools, it's uncertain exactly mm -hmm. what we do because the work that we do is customized to the school and the community that we serve. But bottom line is, regardless of that, there's a good reputation attached. And that reputation is we're here to help really with whatever you need. And it sounds like Deanna really set it up great. And then you could just take it on and continue on all that good work. Yes. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about your history even before 2011. You mentioned earlier that, um, and I quote, you have a lot of degrees. <laughs> what degrees do you have? Well, let's see. Well, I mean, like I compared to the teachers, not lot degrees, but I mean, I have um, a communications degree. Oh, nice. um, I had a photography studio. Oh my goodness. Um, and then I went to school to be an optometrist oh, wow. um, and was an optometrist for Green Vision Group and then Dr. Kennard, um Eye Care, which is who we take all of our students to. Mm -hmm. um, so just a few little minor like specialized degrees. And then I went back to school um, before the optometry online and got a medical coding. Um, license, but there was, I could never find anything in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You know, there just was, there was a few openings um, in smaller doctor's offices that paid, you know, $10 an hour. Uh -huh. So it's not anything, you know, that I ever followed through with here. I went to school and, you know, got the license to do that, but I never got the opportunity to do it. So I just moved on. Gotcha. So what made you decide to become a para and go into that, that social services field? Well, I opened a shaved ice business in 2010. In all those other things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's seasonal, of course, you know, yeah. once the, you know, about the end of October. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, I can't just not do anything for, you know, five months. I have mm -hmm. to do something. And a customer that's a friend of mine that actually works at the interlocal and 
and she's the one that trains. She does a CPI um, mm-hmm. training for like for restraints. And so she said, well, you should go down to the interlocal because they're always hiring paras. And she's like, and that would be perfect because you have the summers off. Yeah. And that's exactly what you need for your shaved ice. So I went and applied and there was an opening. And so I started out at an elementary school in Girard at Hatterline. And mm-hmm. when I was there for a little over a year, and then I put in for a transfer and I actually wanted to transfer to Frontenac because that's where my kids went to school, uh-huh. but they didn't have any openings. And so they called me and said, we have an opening at Westside. Would you be willing to get your foot in the door there? And I said, well, absolutely. And then that's where I've been ever since. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, clearly you have a variety of interest and in areas that you have skills and talent in. Um, what drives you to, to want to work in the social services field? I remember answering this question in an interview and I, I just feel like, like, I feel like there's a difference between being driven and feeling like you're led. And mm-hmm. I always just feel like I am led to these positions. I have mm-hmm. a huge family. I'm one of eight siblings. Um, I just have always been surrounded by a huge network and huge community of people that I feel like that that's where my strengths are. I just, you know, I remember an interview question and somebody told me, say, just say you're a people person. And, and then the, the interview person was like, people always say that. And actually we hate that answer because it's not very specific. You're a right. people person. Well, how do you mean? Right. But I just, I mean, I love being around people. I love being part of the solution. I love helping people, whether it's at school, whether it's at missions, whether it's with my shaved ice trailer. I mean, I'm just always around a ton of people. And, and that's where I always feel led to go is where the people are. So, I mean, and once I learned how this program worked and mm-hmm. how it benefits, mm-hmm. you know, everybody involved, then I knew I was in the right place. Well, and honestly, like being a people person, it means a lot in this role, well, in your specific role, because you have to go out and form relationships with such a wide number and variety of people, whether it's the students, their families, um, the staff members that you work with on your site, all of the community members. I yes. mean, it. if you're not a people person, then uh, you probably wouldn't enjoy your job as much. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, one of the questions that I like to ask student support coordinators is um, looking back at your time as a student support coordinator, is there a favorite support or service that you have provided that really stands out to you? There are so many. I tell people all the time, you know, I love my job. My girls ask me every day, how was work, mom? I love my job. Even if it was a hard day, I still love my job. Mm-hmm. I love the supports that we put in place from the very small ones to the great big ones. Um, so many success stories. And I know it's the same with all of our coordinators because, you know, we have great relationships and we talk about all these wonderful things that we get to do. But um, I would say the small groups mm-hmm. um, is one of my favorite supports just because You know, kids always feel like that they're the only ones going through a certain thing. And so sometimes they hold that in because they don't want people to think that they're different and they don't want to be treated different. And so until you share your story with them or another Mm -hmm. student shares, you know, they just kind of stay with inside that shell. But the minute they hear somebody else is having the same problem and it's one of their peers, I mean, it's their eyes light up and you know, they go from 
they just crawl out of that box and out of that shell and then they start sharing and you see so much growth, you know, Mm -hmm. it's small groups, small groups are my favorite. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, It's all about connection. Right? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about how as an adult, you know, that the, it's the same because so many times in life as an adult, we also feel like, uh, Oh, I'm the only person that's going through this. I'm such a weirdo. And then the moment you find out you're not that weird because what you're going through is very normal and someone else is going through that too, or has been through that. And then you guys can have that shared experience Mm -hmm. and help each other out. And it just, it all boils down to relationships in the end, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. And I remember being trained when I went up to Lawrence to get trained. And part of the training is you show us a clip from uh, Rita Pearson um, and it's called Every Child Needs a Champion. And I printed that off and I have it on my wall because I love that quote. Mm -hmm. And I have told that to so many people that's come into my office. And now, like when the adults come in and want to talk to me about something, I say everybody needs a champion because it's not just children, it's adults too. We all want to be connected to somebody. We all need at least one person in our corner, somebody Mm -hmm. that we trust and know that's not ever going to give up on us no matter what. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? And I know that like here with this agency, um, I think that, you know, people who have listened to this podcast will start to notice that there is a pattern that we have a lot of staff that have longevity and there's very little turnover in this agency. And I think it's because of the relationships that we hold and the fact that we are all in the same, like we all have each other's backs. We're all here for each other. And it is, it's such a, a, a great enriching place to work. Um, so a a new question that I, I want to start asking during these interviews is if you could go back to when you very first started as a student support coordinator, what advice would you give yourself? People would tell me this so many times because I have one speed when it comes to anything and it's a get or done. People, (laughs) people would say, slow your roll. And that was not a phrase that was that I had heard very much. And I was like, what does that even mean? Slow your roll. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they just mean, sl- just be patient, just be slow. Oh. Just because I was just so, I just wanted to jump right in. And mm-hmm. before I even knew what student sport coordinators were supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the training and then I was super overwhelmed with all this data. And then I come back to my school and they're like, okay, go meet with students. And I was like, meet with students what do you mean meet with students? What am I, you know, until you understand what your role looks like, you know, so I was just here and there and talking to teachers and, you know, pulling kids and before I even had a plan, but you know, not that it didn't pay off because I mean, the payoff to that was I continued, you know, Deanna started the program here, but I continued with the new teachers that were coming in, you know, I had a voice and I was pretty loud and, you know, people, even if they were asking, well, what is communities and schools? They knew because I was in their classrooms and explaining things and sending out flyers. You even created a flyer for Mm -hmm. me, you know, talking about what we do and putting my picture on it. So um, just being a little bit more patient with myself and, you know, not, not just, you know, I guess um, some, some things people say to me all the time is um, something, uh, like slow your jets turbo something like along those lines like slow your jets turbo or or something along those lines but just being a little more um refined I guess and not just being so gung-ho about Mm -hmm. getting it all done in day one 
Sure. I think that there is, you know, value to that. But having said that, I'm also not a person person of patience. I am a raging Aries where uh, I am just like, let's go, let's go now. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And I do think that there 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 are benefits to that. Um, but whenever I what I find is that sometimes I forget to enjoy the journey. And I'm so focused on the destination, you know? So for me, that's my mantra is to, you know, remember that it's about the journey, not the destination. And yeah, kind of the same vibe as slow roll. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Okay. So another thing, looking back on your time, I know we've talked about, you know, your favorite supports, but is there a specific memory that stands out to you whenever you look back and you're like, that's that one was awesome. Oh gosh, there's a couple. Um, One would be, you know, we, our program grows um, word of mouth a lot Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, between staff, but I knew, you know, that this program was successful one day in the hall when a caseload student and another girl were sitting in the hall. And this is our first year back from COVID. And the little girl had just lost her father to COVID. Mm -hmm. And she was not the caseload student. And the caseload, she said, I just am really struggling. I cry a lot. Things aren't good at home because mom's so sad. And I, I just, you know, I'm having a hard time. And so the caseload student looks at her and says, you should go to small groups with Miss Ledbetter because we talk about things like this. And, and I've gone through things like this and it makes me feel better. Aww. And so the teacher that was the hall monitor heard the conversation and the little girl got right up and she said, can I go to Miss Ledbetter's group today? Well, it was like the end of March. It was like just a couple days, March or April, like they have to be in one full quarter to get the progress monitoring. It was like a couple days before our cutoff to add anybody. And so the teacher called down to my office and told me what happened. And she said, can you possibly add her? I mean, she could really benefit from your small groups and some peer mentoring. And so I had our ESOL teacher, um, call the mom and um, talk to her. And the mom said that would be great. And so I signed her up that day, did an intake that day, got her in small groups that day. Oh and gosh. she has really benefited. But just the other girl that was the caseload student, um, you know, making that referral and just telling her that it's helped her so much, you should go to group because that's what we talk about in group and it can really help you. And it makes me feel better was the best thing. It just, you know, reiterated to me that these programs are successful and, it, and it's not the program, it's the connections that these kids are making, you know, like those two connected. And then they connected with the teacher that said, yes, if she has room, she'll put you on caseload. And then, you know, we made the connection. So all that came full circle and, you know, it paid off and she's in fifth grade this year and that was in third grade when it happened. And so she'll go to the middle school and she'll still be on caseload, but she's made leaps and bounds. See, I wanted to point that out as a reminder to people that are listening that you work in an elementary school. So these are very young people that are having these conversations that are referring their friends because they're, you know, hearing, oh, you have a struggle. I know somebody who can help you. And so to hear that that was when those kids were in third grade, which is what, like 10, 11 years old ish. Um, and, and that they're recognizing and able to have such a, uh, emotionally mature conversation. And that's, that's gotta be due to the fact that the caseload student had already been having discussions in the small group and was able to reach out and say, Hey, I know what can help you. That's just super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are so cool. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) They are. And especially like our young people, because, um, I know that we were talking earlier 
about, you know, the, 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 one of the benefits of small group is helping to know that you're not the only one who is, uh, in, in going through that situation, you know, you have peers that are going through that situation. And I pointed out like also adults, you know, we, we feel the same way, but I do want to follow up on that and say, you know, adults, we have the benefit of life experiences and the education that we get to those life experiences where our young people do not, they're coming into these experiences raw. And so for them to know that they are not the only ones when they are so young is absolutely more impactful for them because then they take that experience of knowing I'm not alone. It is good to talk to people. It is safe to talk to people and it's healthy to talk to people and share my experience for them to take that as they keep going on is just such a benefit for them in life and helps them with their future relationships. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about your small groups and what you do? Um, I teach a program um, that I, I went CIS, um, I use my PD hours for it called Cope to Thrive, mm-hmm. um, and it's cognitive um, th- therapy, um, and it's amazing because it's based off the thinking, feeling, behaving triangle, mm-hmm. and so it's super easy and interactive for these kids to understand that they have the power within themselves to be, to choose anything that they want. It all starts with the first thought. You can choose to be negative. You can choose to be positive. You can choose to let this get you or you can choose to overcome. And the first lesson every year, so many light bulbs go off because these kids, you know, are in some pretty dire situations sometimes. And they just think that that's their life. That's just the way it is. It doesn't get any better. But when you tell them that, no, you weren't dealt an unfair car or you may have been dealt some things that you think you have to you know, be stuck in, but you don't. And once they realize that, that they can change their mind, that they can make better decisions, that they are always going to have somebody in the school that's got their back, you know, that tells them they love them and care about them every day. And even in the trauma, I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to not get upset with the kids because they have the trauma and they have these behaviors, but they're having these behaviors because they have the trauma and they're living in these situations. So just being able to flip that switch for them and say, I understand, I understand what's going on. And I understand that's what's making you feel this way. Okay. But do you want to stay right there where you are? Or do you want to get better and move on? And they always choose that they want to get better and move on. So this is what I need you to do. These are your choices. You can make it. What do you want to do? I want to do this because I want to be successful. I want to do that. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Will you help me? Every single time I will help you every single time. Once they know they have that power within to make the decisions, then they, they just take off. I love that. Cause I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that for a lot of these kids, they are even at such a young age, starting the steps to breaking cycles. Yes. Yes. That girl that I was telling you about in the hallway that referred the other student, mm-hmm. um, she had been on my caseload since the first year. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was a behavior student and I was, she was in my office two and three times a day in the focus room had been suspended. They were thinking about sending her to the learning center, mm-hmm. um, which is a behavior school. And we never had to do any of that. And it took a lot of small groups and it took a lot of collaborating with the counselor and the therapist, but you know, we're all on the same team for these kids. And it didn't ever come to that because she was finally, 
you know, through utilizing a lot of our supports, able to realize that, you know what, this may be my situation, but I can choose better and I can break this cycle because I want more. And once you show them that they can, they, it's amazing to just see the spark in them. That so much. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, we're going to end the first part of this podcast with that because that was so good. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with a second serving. So stay tuned. Great. This podcast is a production of Empower Podcasting Company. Empower Podcasting offers accessible podcasting production services for nonprofit organizations and purpose driven individuals and businesses. Starting a podcast doesn't need to be an uphill battle. Let Empower Podcasting help you make your podcast a reality. Learn more at www.empowerpodcasting.com. Welcome back. As part of our show, we ask each guest to write a letter to the students that communities and schools serves. The only guideline they are given is that it must come from the heart. So Susie, if you would, please share your letter. Okay. My dearest Westside students, thank you to each and every one of you for being here for showing up every day or most days, even just some days, as long as you keep showing up. Thank you. I don't think you fully understand just how important it is to show up, but keep on doing it. You'll be glad that you did. Because when you show up, I know that you're here and I know that you are safe, that you are fed, that you are valued, and that you are loved. And I love seeing you every single day on good days and on bad days. Just keep showing up. I've read this a few times because I know I always cry. Once you are here, I can help you show up for other things too, like learning, being a good friend, and taking care of yourself. Sometimes when life gets tough, it's hard to remember that not only are you here to learn, but that you have friends that may be going through the same thing and can help you find your way. Learning is so much more than math, reading, science, and social studies. It's figuring out who you are and who you want to become in the future. Learning empowers you to make better decisions, to break chains that you didn't even know were holding you back. When you learn, you grow. You set yourself up for success. I know that every day isn't going to be a good day, but if you show up to learn, I promise it will pay off. All of you are so much smarter than you think you are, and I will always be here to help you. We all go through certain life experiences that are harder than others. If you see this happening, show up for your friends too. They need you as well. They need your support, your trust, your friendship, and your love. Don't ever underestimate the power you have to help others heal. Relationships are important. If you show up for your friends, they'll be there for you too. And that's a great really, and together is a really good place to be. Lastly, remember how important you are. You matter. I know sometimes you don't feel like you matter, but friend, you are wrong. I see you. You have so much power within yourself to overcome any obstacle, accomplish any dream, and be anything you want. Work hard, be honest, do the right thing. And if you mess up, apologize and try harder next time. I forgive you. I make mistakes too that's how you learn. Nobody was born with all the answers. Be patient with yourself and never give up. And finally, know this. When you show up, I will be the first one you see. With a smile on my face, a warm hug, a high five, or an attaboy. I will be your number one fan, cheering you on in triumph as well as trials. I know you can do it and I want you to know it too. Because when you show up, I will be waiting for you. Love you big, Miss Ledbetter. Okay. Wow. Okay. That letter was chock full of such excellent advice. Um, and of course there was a theme. So how did you settle on the theme of showing up? I was talking to a friend at actually one of my shaved ice events last year that was struggling. Mm -hmm. And 
she was just really down. And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter that all of this stuff that's coming against you. I mean, it matters, but what matters is who you are in reaction. So Mm -hmm. these people can say this and they can do this, but you know what? You keep showing up. You keep being a good friend. You keep being a good mom. Mm -hmm. You keep being a good, um, she does like hairbrushing and, um, or airbrushing tattoos and all that, you know, Uh so keep showing up to your events, keep smiling, keep, you know, throwing kindness out there. You keep being the wonderful, amazing person that you are, because that's, what's going to change everything. All this other white noise that's going on, all these people that are coming against you saying you can't do it, just keep showing up and showing them, showing them that you can, and everything else will fall into place. As long as you don't let those people tear you down, it's all about who you are in reaction to what's coming against you. I mean, prove them wrong. If they're saying, you know, so just keep showing up for everything. Be the best that you can be in every situation. And if you do that, then eventually it's going to turn around. Yeah, that is super solid. I mean, because we can only control what we can control, which is often us and how we react and whether or not we choose to show up. Um, And in the end, if we are solid with what we have done and we like us, that's really all that matters. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And kids, I mean, they don't like breaks from school. They really don't. They like to be here where their people are, where they know that they are loved, that they are valued, that they can say anything, you know, to their teachers and their counselors and their coordinators, and it will be okay, that we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that they are okay. So they know if they show up, then they're going to be taken care of. And, you know, it's beyond the walls of the school. I love that. It's such a safe space in all of the ways. Yeah. So did you find it difficult to, to write this letter? I know that you said you practiced it a couple times before you read it out loud on the air, but did you find it difficult to compose it? No, I didn't. I, um, when we scheduled this last year at the end of the year, but then we never got enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it then. Oh, really? Then, yeah, I wrote it then. Nice. And then I kind of summarized it because it was actually almost two pages. So I, <laughs> I had to like tweak it and reword it to, but I wanted to get all the information in there because I think it's super important. And when kids come in here for a mentoring session or they're upset and they just want to come, um, set and talk, you know, then mm-hmm. that's one thing that I tell them, keep coming to school, you know, just, just keep being your best. Just keep showing up. Just keep giving your best because that means that you're showing up. If you're, if you're putting your best out there you know, then it's going to change. And it might not be overnight, but it's going to change because you're showing us that you're investing in yourself. You're showing us that you're investing in your learning and with your friends and your relationship. So I don't know. I just, I picked the topic like super quick because I just think it's so relevant for these kids to know that, you know, they keep showing up for things, then, you know, everything will fall together for them. Oh my gosh. Do any of your students know that you're doing a podcast? No, no, no. (laughs) They would want to be in on it. I used to do Friday morning announcements last year was one of my tier ones. Uh And the teachers didn't tell me, but they would just start sending students. And I like my door would open and I'd be in the middle of the announcement and I'd be like, can I help you? They'd be like, we're supposed to help you with announcements. And I was like, why why don't people tell me these things? You know, not realizing that all of the 14 classes were viewing me saying this. So that I'd be like, okay, come on in. And I'd let them like read the lunch menu or, you know, a few announcements, but, um, they, yeah, they would definitely want to jump in. 
Uh, to be honest, I would love to have some elementary school kids on this podcast. I think that would be adorable. Yeah, yeah that would be great. I do a cooking video. And so our February one is on Tuesday. And we're actually going to let a couple fifth grade caseload students be in the Cooking with Dragons video next week. And what so are you guys making? Cool. We're going to make shepherd's pie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. So we have to do some things that are gluten free. We try yes. to do something, you know, that everybody can eat. So this mm-hmm. month we decided we decided to do something gluten free, and that that gets about everything in there. You got your meat, you got your vegetables. I mean everything. Yeah. So we're going to pair it with a salad, and some uh, a, a dessert, and it, the fifth graders are going to have a ball. So. Oh my gosh! Well, I was already hungry because I haven't had lunch yet. So now I'm actually oh really hungry. <laughs> Okay, well, let's uh, let, let's keep moving along then and uh, take a, another quick break so that I can grab a snack and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Are you ready for some extra credit questions? Yes. Perfect. Okay, so pretend that we are creating our ultimate playlist. What is one song that you recommend we add to it? Hmm, ultimate playlist. Oh my gosh. Well, this one will be a little bit hard for me because honestly, about two years ago, I did the K Love Challenge to where you only listen to K Love for 30 days, which is um, a Christian music channel. Oh, okay. And so I did that and I haven't listened to any other music since. Wait, when did you Two start years. this? Two oh. years ago. <gasps> wow. Okay. So, I mean, if, if my girls are in the car, right. in my car, they try and change it and I put it back. So it's not like right. I don't hear any other, you know, yeah. forms of music because I do, but in my car 24 seven, it's just on Caleb. That's it's okay. Christian music, and I know a ton of songs, and I sing to, and I'm not a great singer, but I love to sing worship music, so I sing all the time. Nice. So um, I would say In the Eye of the Storm would be a great one, because it just, you know, talks about, you know, storms are going to come at you. They will. But you have to have faith that you're going to come out on the other side of the storm, and you're going to be stronger. And as long as you know that, and it's kind of like going back to our earlier conversation, you know, as long as you're solid in that and you believe you're going to get through it, then you'll get through it. Mm-hmm. So storms are going to come. You know, we all know that mm-hmm. they will. We've all been through storms. But, Absolutely. you know, if our if our feet are planted solidly on the ground and we have faith that we're going to get through it, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. And that first step is showing up. Yes. Yeah. All right. Your second question is, if you could pick a superpower to have, what would you choose and why? (sighs) Superpower. I would say to be at more than one place at the same time. Like a clone? Well, yeah, maybe. But, or just like sense if there's a problem, you know, like if I'm dealing with a student in my classroom, but something else is going on to have that kind of sixth sense that something Mm -hmm. else is going on and then just, you know, be at the same place at the same time, just handling to be able to handle more things. Cause sometimes if you're not there when the problem happens and somebody else handles it, you know, not that they're not going to be able to take care of it, but you know, sometimes there are certain situations that just call for the SSE. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
honestly, that doesn't surprise me because I mean, as somebody who is a uh, a self proclaimed uh, go getter as you are <laughs> with your 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 turbo jets just to go in, um, <laughs> it does not surprise me that you're like, I want to do more. I want to be in two places at once. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I love that though. I, I, that's awesome. Okay. So your final question is, what is the number one reason why you feel that people should get involved with communities and schools? Because we do amazing things and who doesn't want to be part of the solution? Mm-hmm. There's the world is in a crazy mess right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at communities and schools and all the support they're putting in place, I can honestly say there isn't one thing that we're doing that isn't effective, isn't relevant, isn't helping, you mm-hmm. know, isn't making people better. So just if you want to be part of the solution, any solution, I mean, and it can be from, you know, donating to the cause or helping students and families or referring people, you know, to the program. Just if you want to be part of the solution and see growth in our community, then get involved with communities and schools because that's, that's what we do. We just, you know, we make things better. I love that. <laughs> like applaud, applaud. That was fantastic. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Um, gosh, that was just so well said. So uh, we're going to wrap it up on that. It does not get any better. Thank you so much, Susie, for taking Thank time you. to sit down and share your story with us. It was awesome getting to know you better and to hear yes. all of the reasons why you're passionate about the work that we do. Um, so I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, and thank you all for joining us on this episode of Letters from the Lunchroom. For more information on communities and schools of Mid America, please check out our website at cismidamerica.org. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a rating, and follow us on social media at CIS Mid America. I'm your host, Victoria Partridge, and until next time, class is dismissed. <laughs>